0: Yeah, no, that's good. Um, And speaking of obviously, like all this dating stuff, and, you know, if this is the right thing, the wrong thing, um, what's your opinion on if you know somebody's actually worth dating?
1: If somebody's actually worth dating? Um, Man, there's a lot there. I I would say (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> really that's a big we, question <laughs>
1: there there is there's a there's a bunch there and I think it it kind of changes based on um kind of gender what you're looking for but first off you're looking for someone that has a growing relationship with christ um you want somebody that loves God and you want somebody that's serving God and I said this mm-hmm. the other night it, it's if you if the person you're dating doesn't have the ability to serve and like even in anonymity like doesn't have the ability to serve without people like patting them on their back, then they're not, yeah. not, not going to have the ability to serve in marriage. And so you want somebody that understands that because that's what marriage is. It truly is. Yeah. It's, it's me and my wife waking up every morning deciding to love each other and serve each other. And so you're looking for that for, for girls, you're looking for a guy that can take responsibility. And that is a little bit of, and, and I'll go back to kind of talking about it that you've got to see um, with the college idea of dating somebody in college is if they don't have a job or you're not able to see them kind of go after something yet, then then you don't know. And you mm-hmm. see so many lazy men out there. Like you want to make sure you can see a guy go after something. Like he has a passion for something. He's attacking something. That's a man that wants to make sure that our family is taken care of. And I'm not saying that women cannot work or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. But with a guy so much of a guy's persona and who he is, is tied to whether or not he can provide for his family. And so if you have a guy Mm. that doesn't have that drive in him, then he's also not going to feel like he's the man in the relationship. And so it's not going to be a good place. Um, I mean, you want to see somebody that's surrounded by people. Like you want to see that they have friends. You want to see that Mm -hmm. they have relationships. You want to see their family and not that their family is perfect. That's not what you're looking for at all, but the way they treat their mom, their dad, their sisters, their brothers, the way they talk about it. You know, whether or not you can see literally baggage from across the room with that. And so, mm-hmm. if somebody's worth dating, you know what? And I've said this before. I I think we overrate attractiveness. Um and that's e- like a, a it's easy to say for somebody that's already married. In the fact mm-hmm. that when we say yeah. we're looking for someone, it's not that we're looking for someone attractive, we're looking for like someone who is like just you want to rip their clothes off, kind of thing. Like that's like that's what I'm looking for. Like they need that. Like they need to be. And it's like wow. Like we put this almost like on a pedestal because that's what we see in all of Movies,
2: around us. Culture, yeah, everything. I mean, yeah. even when you yeah. see
1: relationship, like the hashtag relationship goals, it's always like two beautiful naked people in bed together. And I'm like, that's not a relationship goal.
2: That's just <laughs> yeah. two naked beautiful people. Can we just please people. say that it's not a relationship? Like, goal. yes, thank you. And oh, this gosh. today. <laughs>
1: A relationship goal is two old people holding hands smiling. Like, that yeah. is like, yeah, like the movie married. Up. like, yeah, I mean, I, that's the whole that's
2: thing. The like, so it is. <laughs> and I think too
1: many times, like, we, it, it, when we talk about it, and I, and I made fun of, um,
2: what was it?
1: The, uh, what's the, the Nicholas Sparks movie? Oh, the and,
0: notebook? The
1: notebook. Because uh, everybody's ew. like, I want the notebook. I'm like, you want to have dementia and make your poor <laughs> husband come every single day and have to tell you just for a second that, you know, that's each so other. Funny. And I'm like, that's not what we like. We've
2: yeah, and not to mention
1: Nicholas Sparks is like, just ended his third marriage, but um, just oh c- because he's over romanticized everything, but you're like, you're looking for someone that you're attracted to not. Yeah. And, and sometimes what's crazy is when their personality is there, uh, they're more attractive. And to be honest, we should look more at the personality. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I've said it before in a message, when you do the math out, like sex is 0.6% of a marriage, 0. 0.6. Yet we treat it like it's the most important thing. Like if you can't have a conversation with this person, if you can't be in the same room as this person for a long period of time, if you can't laugh with this person and go on adventures with this person, that's what's most important. Yeah. Like those things, then it doesn't matter how hot they are. That, that's going to fade quick. I mean, yeah. you can have the hottest man in the world, but if you sitting on the couch not doing anything – it's gone now.
2: Like oh, yeah. it,
1: it, and so you lose that. You, know, you could have the hottest woman in the world, but if she's cannot have a conversation with her or she's constantly yelling at you or nagging you or just hating you the entire time, like it, it's going to go away. And so like you're, you're looking for someone that loves God. You're looking for someone that you have the ability to have conversations with and a relationship with. Um, and you're just kind of looking for fruit around them. And then what you can do is hopefully they have friends and family you can talk to. And you can not in a, you know, can you tell them I like them? Check yes or no kind of thing, please. Mm-hmm. For the love of God, I don't know if men listen to this podcast or all, but please do not ask a friend or whatever for you. Like just go up and actually ask somebody out yeah. But um <laughs> but you, you can, you can get to know that person and, and hopefully they're known. Cause if they're not known, then you're wondering what's going on. And yeah. so it's, it's and, and I'll say that. And what's great is if you date the right way and you don't allow the physical to come in, then you can go out with him a couple times. And if it doesn't work, you can easily break up. Yeah. like You can go. This wasn't working. And that's fine. And you can be OK with it. You can go. It yeah, just it just sure. wasn't the thing. But we
0: Absolutely.
1: we microwave relationships so quickly and we go, oh, there's some sort of spark because we have chemistry with a person you have chemistry with anybody. Like if somebody's halfway decent looking, you can have chemistry with them. Like you, I mean, just think about it, like the amount of people you could just make out with, like, there's a lot of them, like you can have chemistry with a lot of people, but chemistry means (laughs) nothing in marriage. um, If you don't have the other side of it. And so like, yeah, that's what you're looking for. Those are the first things you're trying to see. Of course, attractiveness is what grabs your eye first, but we need to be smart enough and move slow enough to be able to find out if it's somebody that's actually good enough to date. And I think it's perfectly fine to, you know, do the whole group dating thing. I say group dating where your group of friends and their group of friends come together or they, you just kind of get around that person to find out if they're a weirdo or not. And so, (laughs) and it's, it's better to find out in that setting than it is even to go on a date sometimes. I mean,
2: yeah, it, yeah,
1: it's and I do. I, I, I've i said this before. I feel bad for girls and the fact that they have to deal with guys asking them out because most of the time it's not the guy they want to ask them out. <laughs> but you just got to be honest uh-huh. and forthright and go, Nope, <laughs> yeah, and and that will save you a lot of uh, a lot oh, of yes. uh, random guys <laughs> just coming up and talking to you <laughs> <laughs> Sam. That's
0: yeah, I <laughs> you're <Amen. laughs> no, no, taking
2: a million for Sam. the team this season,
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: But do I don't know. There, there's, <laughs> there's, Tell them julia for the people in the back.
0: <laughs> Listen, people in the dang back. <laughs> I'm over two and a half years just of kidding.
2: singleness over here. I'm, I'm winning. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. You, <laughs>
1: you've had a lot of singleness, Sam. But I'll just be honest. There's been a lot of guys but, that have been like, I think Sam oh likes gosh. me, and I'm like, no, she's just oh nice. Oh
0: no. I'm she's just, that, nice. But- The thing is, they never ask her out for some reason. They all
2: yeah, they they asked me, and I'm like, yes. And I'm like, take one for the team because I didn't want to be rude (laughs) and say no, (laughs) but it was gonna happen anyways. Um, Uh, but in all honesty and seriousness, obviously that's a whole other conversation. (laughs) Um, but one of the things that I like that you brought up is family because one of the things i i kind of was thinking about too with people who are dating and getting into a serious part of their relationship um also they both carry a lot of family baggage so mm-hmm. we know that mm. sometimes our first you know at least for me i think about like what girls would think about is like you know having a good first experience with a godly relationship and when they finally you know receive that or however you know that is they also look at their family and his family and, you know, vice versa and the baggage and, you know, exception and almost like, you know, those types of things. So what would you say about, you know, considering red flags to look out for prior to getting deeper into a relationship in terms of like family gatherings, bringing your significant other there, Um, you know, what kind of advice do you have for that type of atmosphere?
1: Yeah, it's, man, that's, it's not an easy one nowadays to navigate because the chance that both of you have good families is now a lot lower. And and really a lot of families can act like they're great. And then you, you get into it. I mean, I thought my wife's family was totally stable until we got married. Um, Mm -hmm. and it all blew up and, yeah, and so, and, and that's kind of the hard part of it is all right. Can somebody have a bad family and still be a great person in marriage? They can, but where are they in the middle of it? Do they understand it? Do they see it? Um, if it's possible to like make headway and salvage part of a relationship, do they care to try? And so you're, you're looking at those things. You're looking yeah. at the dynamic there and here's the, other, if they have zero family, like none at all, do they have at least some mentors that are that to people to them? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I can just say we have had a couple people and young adults that, when they are trying to figure out if the person is the right one, they come to our house, and just because their family is jacked up and they want us to kind of go, is this person the right person or not? Um, yeah. And mm-hmm.
0: and
1: you can't hold you can't hold somebody's family against them. But at the same time, you got to look where they are with it, and that's and that's what I'm saying. That's what's so tough of it. Uh, Chrissy's family, like her mom, is on her fifth marriage. Her grandma is on her fourth marriage. Mm-hmm. Like that's oh. a lot of red flags. Like that's that's generational stuff right there. Um, yeah. And so we had a very serious conversation about like this is not something that ends. Like this is something that we fight for. We fight through, and we've had yeah, to. Okay. Like we've had some really tough seasons. But at the same time it's hard to know if somebody understands that. Uh, I mean, really, when it comes to family stuff, are they, if it's really bad, are they willing to go to counseling? Like, are they willing to get help? Do they have somebody in their life that they go to, to help them understand just the craziness of it? Yeah. Um, but you do, if so, if they do have a decent family, you want to look at the dynamics because the way it, let's say they do have the the mom and dad both still married together, or if mom or dad are just married to different people, stepmoms, that whatever that may be, you want to look mm-hmm. at that, that dynamic. Like is dad a domineering individual that believes women should be in the kitchen? Like <sighs> is mom, the type of person that just takes care of all the men never talks and is never seen like, those are things you're paying attention to is is dad somebody that just kind of sits on the couch and does nothing, yet mom is the one that's dominant and goes after things? Like, are they constantly yelling at each other? Are they, you know, what does that dynamic look like? Because that, whether you like it or not, is your idea of marriage. And so when you look at a guy that grows up in a household with a, a man that doesn't believe women are worth whatever it may be, and a woman's job is to be at home. And and not that it's wrong for a woman to stay at home or anything like that. Don't get me wrong. That's what I'm saying. But like a very old school mentality, then mm-hmm. you're going to have to have a conversation with him and go, so what do you think about what your marriage is going to look like? Yeah. like? Is this what you expect of me? Is this what's going on? And so really you're looking into the family for clues of how they would think of a marriage. And then you're asking follow-up questions to it to see if they see it or not. Um, yeah, that's good. And so do you want them to have... A great family, of course, you do, because you're thinking long term what that looks like. The fact that there's support there and there's love there and all that. But I think now, mm-hmm. especially with what you're seeing going on, they may not have a great family, but they've got an incredible church family. Like they purposely yeah. put people around them that they've known for a while, and I, and I've seen that happen a lot. And it's one of those things where I, I would say probably when I was going to get married, I cared very much about that and what what's interesting is Chrissy's family was in a state that looked like it had it all together. Um, and it wasn't until later on that I figured out what was going on and I don't know how I would have reacted if we were in the middle of one of the divorces and everything was going crazy, but mm. I would have missed out on somebody that understood what marriage looked like, but I would have judged her based off her mom's marriage. And so
0: mm.
1: you see things, you ask questions about them? You don't assume. And so really, when you go and see family, you're looking for holes that that may be there and just checking to make sure they see them. Um, But at the same time, yeah, you would love to see a great family. You'd love to see a family that loves God. But sometimes, I mean, like my own dad, my dad, his way of rebelling against his family was going to church. Like his rebellion as his family was at 16, he came to know Christ and he started going to church and doing that unlike the rest of his family. And so Mm -hmm. he ended up leading them all to Christ, which is incredible, but he didn't have that. And so it is, it's a, it's a tough thing to look at. And so it's more of how are they reacting to it? Who are they putting around them? And what does that look like going forward? Because the, the nuclear family, like the old school family is vanishing and, Mm -hmm. um, it's sad, but you want to make sure the person you're going after understands that a true good family is possible. So. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. No, that's really good. Thank you. Um, and then I guess kind of going off of that, what um, good foundations should people set prior to getting or when they're getting into a relationship?
1: When you say, what, what do you mean by foundations? Like. Are you talking about like a, a things that they will do, won't do? Or are you talking about like, this is what this relationship is supposed to be? Be like, like, what do you, what do you mean Yeah,
0: by what, what this relationship is supposed, should be like, or is supposed to be like those good, like, foundations for that.
1: Well, I mean, I think it's one of those things that you go into, and this, this is a conversation that's happened on the, uh, that can happen on the first date, um, preferably from the man is this is what it's kind of going to look like. Um, I mean, we, we can just go into the sexual side of things, like, there should be a conversation on the first or second date that goes this is what i believe is the foundation for this relationship and yeah yeah i mean of course everyone listening is going to know that as a pastor i am I, i'm not on the the side of people having sex before marriage or even really any sexual contact can be incredibly tough in figuring out its relationship so you have to have that conversation early and i'll say yeah. this if if the guy goes in, I've had this on both sides. If the guy goes in and says, this is what I believe about that. And the girl goes, yeah, maybe that's a bad sign because, yeah, for sure. um, guys are weak. <laughs> and if a girl yeah. all of a sudden wants to get her away and starts coming on to him hard, like it's going to be really hard for him to back off. And same thing with, with girls, you want a guy that will set the boundaries. But, Absolutely. and so when you're going into it, like one of the biggest things in the foundation side of it is I'm waiting till marriage. And the reason is so big because what we don't realize and, and what we don't see, like what, one of the hardest things in youth ministry for the longest time was explaining why to wait, wait till marriage to have sex because it was just like God said so. But why? Well, God says so. Well, I don't, it doesn't bother me. I'm like, yes, it does. Well, now like science and psychology and all those things have caught up. And so like what it, what it tells us now is that when we have sex, like there's these, all these hormones that are dumped on our brain. And it's literally all the same hormones that are associated with love. And so whether you like it or not, like if you're having sex inside of a relationship, you are developing feelings towards that person that you're not ready for, that aren't true. And so what mm-hmm. it does, like the entire reason of dating is to figure out if this person is marriage material. Well, if you're having sex or any sort of really like any sort of kind of sex, oral sex, whatever it may be, you are you're making it harder for you to see what's really there. Yeah. Like you're actually, you're making it just about impossible to see Um, because when you, when you talk to, to couples that wait, that first year of marriage for couples that wait are usually really good because sex basically just covers up all the issues. It's like, well, I have a problem and I'm mad at this. Let's have sex. And then everybody forgets about it. And because it has that ability. And really, when you look at sex and what it's for, like the chemicals and all that kind of stuff, it makes sense that God would make it that way because what he wants to do is all those chemicals are very addictive chemicals. They're all the same chemicals that you see in a lot of drugs, except what's crazy is, and and I may be getting way too scientific here, but what's crazy is in our brain, we have more receptors for those chemicals than we, uh, for when it comes to sex, than there is receptors for drugs. So sex is actually more addicting than drugs is. And so the reason God created that way is he wanted you to become addicted to your partner. Like he wanted you to become addicted to your spouse. Like that's very purposeful. Like he wanted you to become addicted to him because he knows marriage is tough. Marriage is not easy. It's going to have hard times, but at least they can fall back on this. But it's not something to build a relationship off of. And so when we go into a relationship and we don't set up the boundaries and you have someone that is very insecure and so they know everything, every time something is about, about to happen, they just go, you know, I'm going to have sex with this person or I'm going to come on to this person, whatever it may be. It's going to blind you to those things. I mean, it's the same reason why people, when you break up with someone and yet you find yourself two weeks later, like calling them going, Hey, do you want to hang out like the whole Netflix and chill kind of thing? It's like, why can I not give this person up yet? After it happens, you're like, why did I do that? It's the chemicals. Like,
0: yeah, it's not your
1: fault. It's not like you're, you're doing this on purpose. It's God created it for something and, and we're out of line with it. And so like, those are, I know that's like the, nobody wants to talk about that. That's, Oh, that's the old way of thing. But what's crazy is even counselors now books that I've, I've read by people that are non-Christians that are writing books on relationships now literally say, they won't say don't have sex before marriage, but they will say wait as long as absolutely possible. In fact, many of them put the nine month period in there because psychologists say it takes about nine months to actually get to know someone. Like it takes about nine months before kind of all the faking and all the, yeah, my day's going great and you're beautiful, wonderful and all that kind of like goes away and you have the realness of a relationship. And so Mm -hmm. they're like, you have to get past that. But if you start before that, then you're never actually getting to know the person. And so you get married. Then all of a sudden, a year or two in a marriage, you're like, who are you?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And it's like everyone else saw it. Everyone else was telling you about it. But you couldn't see it because it's your own biology working against you um, and not understanding what God was was meaning for it. And so when you look at foundations of dating and the things you have to set up, I mean – from the beginning, you do, you have to set up those boundaries when it comes to the physical side of things. Um, that has to be there. Uh, I think you're, you're looking at, and and I, I always want the guy to be on this side of things, but a guy that's willing to have the relationship defining talks. Um, I mean, you're, you're starting with dating, but a couple months into that, there should be a conversation about, Hey, this is real, right? You feel this too. Okay. This is real all right, let's make sure we're dating the right way. Let's make sure, all right, now I need to make sure if I haven't met your parents yet, I want to meet your parents. I haven't met your friends yet. Let's meet your friends. Let's uh, have some conversations and figure out where each other is. And then as you're going along there, about between the nine and 12 month mark, he's having the conversation of, all right, are we going the way we need to for marriage? Like, is marriage on the board for you? Is it on for me? What are the things that would need to happen for us to get married? Like, okay, I need to finish school. My parents said that. Or, you know, I'm about to go. I, I've had a lot of people, especially in Tampa, that, well, I've got a deployment or I've got this thing or I've got that thing. It's like, OK, that that's in the way. But around nine to 12 months, everybody should be on the same page of when marriage is going to happen. Um, and so you want somebody that can can set those foundations and do that. And let me just say this. If there's guys watching, like one of the reasons girls are going crazy a lot of times in relationships and girls are acting um, over analyzing things is because they don't know where they stand. Like guys, Mm -hmm. guys have the ability just to settle everything down by going, yes, marriage is happening. Yes. I realize where we're at. We're going into this next step. This is what I would like to focus on. Like we have that ability to do that. And really you're looking for a guy that can lead. You're looking for a guy that can do that. You want a guy that will do that. Not that you're not a part of it. Don't, don't get me wrong in that. And if you guys have met my wife and I know she did a podcast with you earlier, she has yeah. a very strong part, personality. She's very much a part of these things, but she oh, would yeah. <laughs> not, she would not have married me if I wasn't the one going after this stuff and having the conversations, yeah. moving yeah. forward with it. So um, Absolutely. Y- you've got to see that. And so really when you're looking at it, you're going, okay, let's look at how many times we're going to date, how much time we're going to spend on the phone. And I'll, I'll just say it's less than what you probably think. If you're spending five hours on the phone every night, stop like you're dating. You're not married. Um, Mm -hmm. let's, let's be very purposeful in the fact that this may not work. And so I still need to live my life. I still should be going after something. I should still be growing. Like I should still have my friends. Like dating is not a time to leave your friends and forget about them. You you still need your (laughs) friends. You still need to hang out with your friends and really you can bring them in on it. And so I would say some of the foundations of dating is the idea that we're still both growing. We're still both single, but Mm -hmm. we're looking to see if this is possible while we're doing it. And so I think so many times we try to make dating marriage. And so we spend all this time together. We overly do that. And in the process, we forget about our friends. And then all of a sudden, when we break up, we feel alone. In fact, many times people stay in that relationship longer because they have nobody to go back to. They don't have a support Mm -hmm. system. The only person they're close to is that person because they have left everybody behind. And so you're looking at that side of things. It's not, it's not that they're spending every single night with, with me over at the apartment. We're making dinner, we're in our hoodies and just hanging out. Like that is marriage stuff. Like that's chilling. That is not, that's not getting to know someone and taking a next step. Like, that's not a conversation. That's, that's enjoying marriage because that's what, I mean, marriage Really, the greatest part of marriage is exactly that. It's that moment at the end of the day where the kids finally go to sleep. or done with work. We can sit on the couch, have a conversation, and really just go, I know we're both good with each other. Let's just hang out. Let's just enjoy yeah. being around each other in each other's presence. Like when you're dating, you should be having conversations. You should be figuring that next thing out and also getting to watch that person go after life. Like if you're spending yeah. so much time with each other, you're not seeing what they're doing. Like girls, you need to be seeing a guy going after things. You want to see him living life. You want to see that he has friends and he's hanging out with the same with guys. You want to see a girl that's not waiting to be saved by a man. Like, like she's not just looking for her MRS degree. Like she actually
0: (laughs) is trying (laughs) to go after something.
1: (laughs) And so you do, you got to see those things. So when it comes to boundaries, it's the entire idea that we're two people that are still single we're trying to get to e- know each other. And so we're not going to do anything that's going to make this relationship feel like it's more than it is. And yeah. I think that's the biggest problem is we we want so badly, especially when we come out of relationships to get this next relationship to that place and it doesn't need to be there yet. They still need yeah. to go through the checks and balances. We need to see if they're worth it or not. And so, yes. yeah, I. I don't know if I'm answering your question at all, but I know I'm talking about
2: it. No, no, that was great. No, that
0: was (laughs) great
2: advice for everyone listening Um, because I do know that we have a few guys that listen to our podcast as well and a huge female audience, of course, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, so no, this is such a great topic because I know a lot of people have so many questions about this and I'm so glad that we're covering it. Um, you know, and to move into some actionable tips in the conversations we've had so far, what are some action steps that single people can take right now to flourish in the season God has them in?
1: Find your passion. Golly, find your passion. Find what excites you um, when it comes to your relationship with Christ. I think so many times we get so bogged down in the You know, I need to be doing this, this, and this. I need to be going to church this many times. But what is it God's put on your heart? Like, what is it God wants you to use in your life? That when you take your experiences and the things that you're naturally drawn to, and you bring, you know, the gospel into it, what does that form? And so, like, find the passion in your life right now that you can go after, and really, that's going to bring you closer to God than anything else, and it's going to help you realize what you're passionate about in the beginning. And I'll be honest with you, passionate people are attractive people. Like when you see somebody going after life, that's attractive.
0: Yeah. And really
1: for girls, let me just say this. If you're a passionate person and you're going after life, a lot of times that will keep the weak men away from you because they're intimidated by it and good. Mm. You don't want them around you anyway. (laughs)
0: Let them
1: fall by the wayside. But really, I mean, I think that's what you should do and going after passion, and working on the things in your past that you need to work on. And, and just allow things to happen when they happen. Don't, don't make something happen. You guys have heard me say this before. I think yeah. what we do is we run as hard as we can after God, then look next to, look next to us. Like Go as mm-hmm. hard as you can after God, then look for somebody that's doing the same thing. And so that's why I say go after your passion and look for somebody else that has a passion. Not necessarily the same passion. look for somebody that has a passion for God that's going after it. Because, man, how awesome would that be in marriage to be able to encourage and love one another into doing incredible things for God. And so I I think that's what we do. We go after our passions. We find that. And then at the same time, we're looking to better ourselves, looking for our, our blind spots, looking for our baggage, and working through those things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then I guess one of our last things would be, I know you've kind of like touched on a few of them, but if you could just like list off a few that are at the top of your head, um, what are some of like the top advice you have for girls on relationships? And then also same thing, like for guys on relationships.
1: Oh man. Um, for girls. Well, let me just say for both of them. Um, And I know you guys have taken this to heart, too. Um, Mm -hmm. If you if you're somebody that's been in a lot of relationships, just back to back to back relationships, or you just came out of a really long relationship, um, take a step back. Uh, And I've said this to a lot of people, and I am I am actually trying to get like a video testimony for somebody that it worked. But it and I've heard this from another pastor, like take a year off. Like we're so afraid that if we take some time off that the right person's gonna come ab- come come by and we're gonna miss it like that's the way that it works, and that's not true at all when you take some time off yeah, you actually allow yourself to heal for the next person and you can actually see what's wrong because if you're not healed, you won't be able to see the red flags in that and so when it comes to girls, I would just say, make sure you're you're opening yourself up only to the right person. Um, make sure you're, you're checking things. Don't, I, I find for girls especially, they get more enamored with the idea of, I need to be married by this point or by this year or by this time in order for my life, whatever to happen. And so because yeah. of that, we try to make things happen. We try to look for guys, or this is the biggest one. We, we, we don't date someone that's there. We date somebody with potential um, and that is a, a big word for me that I absolutely hate. Like it's always, oh, but he has potential. Cool. We'll let him grow into that potential and then <laughs> yeah. date him. Um exactly. although what's interesting, exactly. always the guys who have potential are always good looking. They're never ugly. Um <laughs> <laughs> have zero potential, but good looking guys have incredible potential. Um <laughs> don't don't date on potential. Like if you have to, if you are walking into a room ahead of your date and you have to go, listen, guys, here's the thing he's bought. That's not, don't, (laughs) if you're afraid of bringing him around everyone else, there's your sign. Red flag, red flag. Like, yeah, like there's your sign. And there's so many girls that are like, but I will take care of him and I will mend him and I will bring him back to health. And when I do that, Uh, he'll be amazing.
0: (laughs) absolutely not.
1: no in fact
2: I don't need that
1: (laughs) in fact when you do that the guy usually stays there he like he stays in that place where you're doing all the work yeah because he's fine and he's in that place so like don't look for like the broken person on the side look for the guy that's going after it don't look for potential look for the look for the real thing and make sure you're Mm -hmm. keeping your friends close enough to where if they're going no 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 you can actually listen to them Um, yeah yeah because, unless I mean, don't listen to the petty friends, but that want to date the same guy, but um, which I know can happen a good bit. Oh God!
2: That got, would be terrible. That would be awful. That sounds like high school. Come on.
0: Yeah. It's they two
2: doing that in our twenties, come oh, on. We need to, we need something it else. All the time. <laughs> Sam, that's like terrible. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Girls are I'm sorry, girls. Girls get, girls are mean. girls are. I know.
1: And spiteful human. That's no, I'm sorry. it's like it's mean girls all over again um
2: but yeah
1: for guys I mean my thing is stop just looking at looks like you not that you're not supposed to be attracted to the person but stop doing that and stop trying to be a savior uh I see so many guys trying to be saviors um yeah they're trying to be superman and all those kind of things and that's just that's not a good thing like if you're you don't being a savior means that they're in a broken place that they shouldn't be in a relationship right now. And so stop trying to be the savior because, and here's the other side, let's say they get better. You're no longer the savior. Like you're no longer that person there. And that's not a good thing. And also I I feel like this half the time, we love being saviors because we don't want to work on our own things. And so guys, Mm -hmm, many times we, we date down because it makes us feel better about ourselves. Uh, yeah. And you guys have seen this and I've seen so many girls get pissed about it. You know, the guys date the wounded hot girl instead of looking for the girl that's running after her dreams because they're intimidated by it. Well, what we mm-hmm. should do is look at that and go, why am I intimidated by that? And why don't I understand that marriage is supposed to be a place where I'm not Superman. It's two people working together to do something more.
0: Yeah, and so, know, yeah, and, that.
1: and then true. just the last thing for guys, ask a girl out. I understand it's tough. And look, we have to go through the the rejection, but that's the worst thing that can happen is just rejection. Ask a girl out. You'll be surprised. Um, Some girls are just waiting to be asked out. And so ask a girl out, do that. Like next step, they're looking for you to take that step. At least if they are in a healthy place, they're looking for you to take that step. If they're not in a healthy place, then they're going to come up next to you and rub against your leg. And that's what guys normally go for Mm -hmm. is the girl that's flirting nonstop and basically won't leave them alone because they know, yeah. they know she likes them. Um, but look for, look yeah. for the one that is hanging around. That's putting herself in front of you, but is not gonna, is not gonna grovel at Fall your over, feet. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: yeah not going to grovel
1: sure. over, over your feet because she realizes she's worth something. And Amen. so, yeah, that's good. um, yeah, I mean, that's, there's, there's a lot. There's, there's, there's so yeah. much, um, <laughs> But uh and, and yeah, I mean I did I've got what do I I've got like twelve hours of podcast just on this topic alone up. I know and so it's like, yes, this is some of those things, but it's the reason why I feel like I can do a six part series on this every year because yeah, it's it's literally the thing people don't understand the most yeah. because so many people have had bad bad situations and their parents' marriages failed and all that kind of stuff. But I think one of the things, I'll just say this. Think for a second, um, why? um what is your perfect ideal relationship? What's your perfect idea of marriage? And then ask yourself, where did you get that from? Mm,
0: because most good. of the
1: time, it's from Instagram or yep. from TV, and it's not reality.
0: Yeah, like, no, absolutely.
1: And so... Go, all right, what does a real marriage look like? What does a real relationship look like? Because if you know what a real marriage looks like, you'll date somebody that fits into that. But if you're Mm -hmm. looking for something fake that is hashtag relationship goals, you're going to look for somebody that fits into that. And most of the time, a lot of us end up looking for the crazy relationship that has its ups and downs because that's what TV taught us. Yep, is you yeah. go crazy and then you make up and you have sex, you go crazy and you make up and you have sex. And that's a relationship. It's like, no, that's not the way it's supposed to be. Like there is supposed to yeah. be some stability. There is supposed to be some good times and you shouldn't be fighting like that all the time, unless both of you have an insane, like not insane, but a lot of baggage that you're unwilling to deal with. And so yeah. look at what you think a relationship should be and ask yourself, is that healthy? And if it's not, yeah. then go talk to some really healthy people around you. Find a mentor. There are so many people that are married that you're like, hey, can I just come over and see what your relationship is like? They would be like, of course. They would love to show you what a marriage is like. They would love to show you what, <laughs> what real life is about and, and show you what it truly looks like to, um, to actually sacrifice for one another and love each other and help yeah. each other and, and be there for each other. Cause it doesn't look like anything that you see in the media or on TV or on Instagram. It's something, it's actually something much better than that, but we don't realize that's what it is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Can we actually, cause that question, it's so funny that you brought this up at the end, like the whole time you've been talking the one question that's been like in my mind, but we haven't really like gotten, gotten to it yet. Mm -hmm. Um, or not yet, but like you kind of just touched on it now. Was the whole idea, I feel like there's this big misconception, like you say, because of media, because of movies and TV, that it's like this big, huge, like, we have to fall in love. Yeah. Right? And it's like, oh, but if am I going to fall in love? So I would love to hear, like, your kind of right. take on that for a hot minute. <laughs>
1: so that was literally an entire six-part series that I just did. Um, I know. Because, because it's true. <laughs> No, you're right. Because and and you're you're right, this is this is something that's big that I talked about for an entire series is the idea of the one, you know, when I meet the one, everything will be perfect. When I meet the one, we will just madly fall in love and things will just fall into place and everything will be great. And you know, one day, she'll have dementia and I'll come and I'll talk to her, you know, it's that, (laughs) it's that thing. But there's that here's the idea with the one is the one fixes all my problems, the one fills in all my gaps. And it's like, no, no, you don't see that. And, and we've done the same thing with Christianity because Christianity feels like sometimes I feel like it, it feels like it needs to compete. And so you hear the other side of like, yeah. God has the yeah. perfect person just waiting for you. He ha- and you're sitting there. Well, where is he waiting? Or where is she waiting? Because I would like to find yeah. them. But you don't see that in the Bible at all. Yeah. Like
2: exactly.
1: you don't see that at all. And here's the truth. You marry a lot of people and have an incredible marriage. You could marry a lot of godly you, – you guys could marry a, several different godly men and have an incredible marriage. You would have different yeah. ups and downs. You'd have different things that you go after. You'd have different kids. But you could have a great marriage. And so the problem is with that whole lie of you know there's the one person, the one everything out there is the belief that I don't need to work on me. I just need to find the right person. And that's not true at all. You need to work on you so that you can become the right person. And so yeah, y- yeah. you're looking to do that. And then we over romanticize everything. I mean, what, what's what's bad is and I, and I make fun of them on purpose because you got the Nicholas Sparks movies. You've got all these movies and all that stuff that makes romance the top thing in love. Like, it's all about a feeling like, man, it's that romance and all those things, and which sets us up for failure because you don't wake up every morning wanting like feeling romantic. Like, there's a lot of times you wake up and you're just tired and you're wondering why they're looking at you like that. And where's, <laughs> where's my coffee? And you're the reason we have kids. And you know, it's just like,
2: <laughs> there's those things that just
1: come into play that are just real. And it's not just romance all yeah. the time. Like love is not a feeling. Love is a commitment. Yeah. Love, love is a, a choice. Like I wake up every morning choosing to love my wife and just love my family. She wakes up every morning, hopefully choosing to love me and my family. And that's how we go ahead. And what we don't understand in the whole romance and emotion side of things is that there will be downtimes, but man, if you make it through those downtimes, your relationship is so much stronger. It's so much better if you're willing to do that. But you see so many people giving up on it because there's not the romance. There's not the, the over whatever. Now, don't get me wrong. There should be romance and guys need to try.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: them that out. I'm not saying that at all. Guys should try, and there should be romance. But the standard Wait. of romance that is given <laughs> to us in movies is unfair. Yeah, um, and really, what it can be used to. And look, girls, just hear this from the other side. We very much understand how to manipulate emotions. Like guys, very much understand that when they're in trouble, it, they can pull off a romantic gesture and get away with it. And so, yeah. if you are so, so blinded. Deceiving. We, we can't, and girls are too, but, um,
2: yeah, of course. I mean,
1: it, we, but we understand that. And so if you're so inclined to the emotional side of things that you don't see the other side and you don't have the ability to reason, you're going to miss out on it. And so, and so what we do is we look for the one and the way we decide if they're the one, you know, they make my heart flutter. They make all. And look, I, I hope the person that you marry, it shouldn't be a drudgery. And that's not what I'm saying at all, but. It's not about like all the heart fluttering, oh, they did this thing and rose petals and all this kind of stuff. It's my heart's fluttering because my goodness, I'm marrying an awesome person. Yeah. Like who's perfectly fine on their own, but they want to marry me too. And we're gonna do some great things. And and it's a it's a great thing to go after. And so, but we have so over romanticized relationships what guys are expected to be, what girls are expected to be. And so, like I've said, like, what is your idea of the perfect man or perfect woman? And how many things I, I've talked about this before where, you know, we should all make a list of what our must haves are, but they should be absolutely must haves. And, and here's how you can tell if something is a must have. If the rest of the list is um, there and that's not, does it still matter? Because so many people's must haves, they get into so many different things. Like he needs to be this tall. He needs to um, have this kind of facial hair, and he needs to work out this many times, and he needs to be this good looking, and he needs to have you know this the all these things. And guys have the same things, and it's like no, our list of like must haves should do they love Jesus? Like are they healthy? Um, do they work to better themselves? Like, do they have a passion? Do they have friends? Those are must-haves. And so because we've totally over-romanticized it, we've also had this belief, like, you make that list and, you know, you don't settle for anything less than that. Well, nobody's really ever going to be that entire list. And half the time we put more emphasis on the things that we shouldn't. We make really long lists and they're really not falling after God, but man, they're hot. You know, they really don't have friends, but man, they spend all kinds of time with me. It's like, yeah, because they don't have any friends, you know, it's, it's all those things. And so there's a lot of people that can be the one it's more of your choosing that they're the one in your life, not they're just the one.
2: So that's good. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, our last question for you is what are you know, your top three book recommendations for women and men, or, you know, if they're gender neutral books that you would want to share for people who are in their season of singleness and also people who are in relationships right now.
1: You know, that's such a wide range. Um, (laughs) And it kind of depends where you're at. Uh, Yeah. Because. And you, you've got people listening to this right now where their biggest thing is I need to work through like my issues. And so you're going to be looking more for books that delve into that or people that can help you with that. Some people it's about boundaries and there's some really great books about um, developing boundaries and all those kind of things. And so, I mean, when it comes to a lot of this stuff, especially when it comes to just straight dating, I would actually say a lot of books tend to be behind on stuff and pastors team tend to be ahead on it. So if there, there's mm-hmm. pastors out there, you got like Michael Todd, you got Levi Lesko, um, You've got a lot of guys out there, even Andy Stanley, who tend to what they yeah. end up doing is they preach a message and then they make a book out of it. Um, mm. But really the messages are even better than that. And so you're looking for those things, yeah, listening true. to those things. And so, and on top of it, I, I think we tend to get more knowledge than we even need. A lot of times we need more relationship and we need more people around us and we need to be focusing on us um, because... We can get so enamored with that. Like, I, I meet a lot of young adults that are like, "I've listened to like twenty straight podcasts on relationships." I'm like, it, "There's no way they're all saying something different." Um, there's a very good basis to it. So, really, the book—and this sounds so corny—but Gally, if you don't read your Bible,
2: absolutely, let's
1: let's start there. Um, yeah. let yeah. Let, <laughs> let's start there. Let's start off with a simple devotional. Let's figure that out. Um, let's get that going first and then let's look at what's next. And then what you can do is, all right, what's the problem that I have with relationships and you may not even know. So you need friends in your life that go, well, you tend to be very codependent and then you're like, I had no idea. So let me look at some books or some sermons or some parts of the Bible that deal with that. Or a friend goes, man, you've got some serious barriers that I don't know where they're from. You're like, okay, I need to figure out what the basis of that is. And so when it comes to dating and stuff like that, I feel like our biggest problems with dating are less of um, the dating side of things and more of the fact that we need to be working on us before that. Um, So I know that's not necessarily the answer you were looking for but I feel like there's so many good sermon series on dating out there right now like there's a lot of them. Um yeah and so you can you can find and they're they're all pretty much very similar. I mean even after Michael Todd did his a lot of people copied it. And so and and you have a lot of that going on. And if you listen to the Exchange podcast, there's like twelve hours of stuff on relationships. But seriously such
0: a good one. But
1: like but half of it is about you dealing with your issues, your baggage, because that's what it's about. Like, I do have like one message on how, like, what is a timeline of dating, which people have found very interesting. Um, just because you have guys that are willing to date for three, four years without getting engaged. I'm like, that's a bad idea. Um, or, (laughs) or guys that stay engaged Mm -hmm. for a really long time. And I'm like, that's a bad idea too. Like, if you don't have a really good reason, engagement should be under six months because, Engagements for people who are ready to get married are hell. It's literally like, I am ready to marry you. I love you, yet we're not married yet. Like, it's awful. And yeah. and so you get angry through it and all that. But the problem is a lot of people use engagements right now of figuring out whether or not they're the one. Or the guy did something stupid, so he gave her a ring. Like, that's, that's the wrong mm-hmm. idea of those things. And I'll, I'll just kind of say this. Like, if at a year in your relationship, you don't know exactly what's happening, then... Um, you got to have the conversation and girls, if he can't figure it out, then you need to walk away. I know you're like, I already put a year into it. I understand, but I've seen a lot of relationships drag out because the guy's never ready to, to make that commitment. And so you, you, you gotta have that conversation. And just on top of this, because this was like the number one question I get from people, you do not have to stay friends with the person you just broke up with. I don't know where we got that idea. I don't know what Saved by the Bell episode everyone watched and heard that, but you don't. You don't. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, if you stay friends with them, you're more likely to make out with them again. You're more likely to open up some sort of wound or relationship that you had there because there was a reason you were with them for a while. And what happens is when you stay as friends, a lot of times what happens is you forget that reason because you're lonely and you end up bringing them back in only to go wait. That same reason still there. And so, no, you don't need to be friends with them. You're not responsible for their walk with God. It's okay to have a clean breakup and move on.
0: Yeah. So, yeah,
2: that's good. Um, disclaimer, when I was asking that question, I totally forgot my other question that I was going to replace it with because we ask a lot of other people book recommendations, but obviously for relationships, I meant to ask you what books of the Bible would you recommend people read more of like Uh, in terms of when they're in their season of singleness or relationship that could be more direct.
1: um, So the Bible doesn't speak a ton about, well, one, the way we date is just dumb. So I'll just,
2: it is is what it is.
1: It is what it is. It's what we're going through. Truthfully, if everybody's families were incredibly healthy your parents know you better than you know yourself, um, and that's why I think it's so important if you do have a good relationship with your parents that they need to be a part of this. But um, <laughs> yeah, the Bible's not going to go and thee go out on the first date and don't kiss her. Like it's not, it's not going to say those things. So really,
2: yeah, absolutely.
1: When you're looking at this, like let's let's just learn as much about Jesus as we can. Let's spend some time yeah. in the New Testament. Like, let's read through John a couple times. Like, let's, let's look at that. And if you're really, like, looking to go, all right, I need to get smacked in the face, let's go over to James. And let's let James just point out all of our character flaws. Because that's what James does. He just goes, don't do this, do this, stop doing this, you're full, that kind of stuff. It's always good to go through James every once in a while and go, okay, I'm not perfect um but really like let's let's get as close as we can to jesus let's understand as much as we can about his character and who he is because in a marriage our love for one another is supposed to represent the love that jesus had for us so the more we understand that love the more we're going to be able to love our partner in those ways and so and and that's where i see not not that i'm against the old testament or anything um the entire old Testament is very cool. A lot of great illustrations and all that, but the entire old Testament, the reason we have it is to point us to our need for Jesus. So if Mm -hmm. you're a newer Christian or you haven't spent much time in the Bible, you just need to learn about Jesus. Spend some time reading about him, understanding him, like just understanding that, that first church um, and getting that basis because you, you can see the understanding of what love is from those books.
0: Yeah. Yeah absolutely um and then this question kind of just came to me and this is like my our last and final question <laughs> yeah really this is curious. definitely gonna be a two-part series yeah no i just i thought of it because i mean i've had this question for a long time but i just would be really curious on your take on it mm-hmm. um what is your kind of i guess in your opinion do you feel like you know everybody is called to marriage or do you feel like marriage is a calling, you know, for your life that God has on your life and like for you to be? Because, you know, like some people feel like they need to like stay single for their life or I don't know. What's your kind of like take on that? Well, I'll
1: just kind of look into what Paul said. Um, Paul said, if you can stay single, stay single. But if you, you know, I mean, depending on your translation, basically burn with lust or find yourself very attracted to people, then find someone, um, is the way he says, like every man should have a woman. Every woman should have a man. Like you can just, you know, grab one on your way out of church. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think it's, if, if you find yourself with that attraction and stuff like that, I think that a lot of times people there is considered a spiritual gift of singleness, but that spiritual gift, um, you understand it because you're not, you don't have attraction. Um, and really in some of those, that can be a really weird place for some people because you're like, wait, I don't have attraction. Does that mean I'm this? Does that mean I'm that? No, it actually means you have the spiritual gift of singleness and God wants to use you in incredible ways because I mean, here's the honesty. Like the moment I married my wife, I had the ability to do less ministry now because she's my first ministry. The moment I had kids, my ability to do ministry lessened because they're my first ministry. Not that that's yeah, a bad that's ministry sure. at all. It's a very important ministry, but what I can do is less. And so, I know. I, I think the the two biggest fears I see singles have is that God's calling me to singleness, or God wants me to marry someone ugly. Um, those are the two things <laughs> that that I see. Um, and it's 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 easy to find out if God's calling you to singleness. It's because you're not finding yourself yearning for that or wanting that or attracted and so you can go that's where god wants me now um there's also god calling you to seasons of singleness which is different um where yeah. he's looking for you to work on you um and really get closer to him and i do believe that that happens often um but that that's that's a very different deal than the yeah, idea yeah. of just being single um yeah. But, you know, guys, I'm, I'm sorry. I know this is really long, but I just was looking through my, like, most asked questions and stuff like that. And something just I feel like is incredibly serious. Um, yeah, please. That, uh, yeah. So I get a question a lot of times. Like, my boyfriend watches porn. What does that mean? Um, and I'll, I'll say this to girls. I mean, what what's interesting now is we're dealing with a very different um, side of things no longer this next generation millennials and Gen Z 50% of girls actually watch porn. And so it's, this is no longer just a guy mm-hmm. conversation. Um, so, so but I, 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 will, I will push it towards towards girls like porn is not a thing that is um, that should be okay. Like porn is not I, I've heard of Christian guys that say well, so I don't have sex with my girlfriend, I watch porn and nobody's hurt. It's like, No, Um, You're, you're forming bonds with people on that screen. Um, And there is so much research now into the fact that porn um, kills, like it absolutely kills love because the moment you see uh, someone on that screen, your partner becomes less attractive. Like the, the, and like I talked about before, when I said, you know, there's more receptors for those chemicals when it comes to sex. Well, that means there's more receptors for these chemicals when it comes to porn. That's why it's literally the most powerful drug we have out there right now. And so um, this is a hard conversation to have. And I've known a lot of girls that have had it and had awful results from it and have been like, wow, I thought he was the one. But then when I heard because I've heard guys say, oh, it's not that big of a deal. If you're a Christian, uh, guy that you're dating says porn's not a big deal. I do it every once in a while. I don't see it's not hurting anybody. He doesn't understand. Like, that's yeah, that's yeah. a warning sign.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: that yeah, is not... Absolutely. Porn is not a marriage helper. It's a marriage destroyer. In fact, two-thirds of uh, divorce certificates now list porn. Two-thirds. Wow. So it is something that's destroying marriages and destroying stuff. The hard part now is you're dealing with a generation that grew up with the ability to see it. And the average age that a kid sees it now is eight. And that's so,
0: crazy.
1: And so that's, that's why... We already had to have like a discussion about what porn is with my six-year-old because I don't want him to see something, be confused by it, feel shame by it, and continue to watch it. And so in the same way, you don't want to go into a marriage with someone that's addicted to a drug that you can't always see, you can't always understand, but is going to literally um, destroy your marriage from the inside out. And so it, and we all know it gives the wrong idea of what sex looks like. It gives the wrong idea of what attraction looks like, all of those things. But on top of it, um, it, it takes away drive for life. It takes away. So when we overrun those sensors, what it does is our body shuts them down. And so if you lose the sensors that are required to receive the chemicals for porn or sex, you lose the ability to have a relationship you're not connecting with people. So what porn does, it just creates people that are dead on the inside. And so the reason I'm bringing that up is because while I say guys have to lead the conversations on stuff and hopefully he'll bring that up, that is the question that girls at some point have to ask. And you have to be honest with it and you have to be ready and prepared enough to if the answer is not what you needed to hear to step away. Because that is a true addiction. Like you would not continue on a relationship if that guy was addicted to meth. In the same way, you should not go forward in a relationship when a guy's addicted to porn. Yeah. And so now, has every guy probably, and this is the sad part about it, seen porn up in this point? They have. But do they have friends and relationships and guards and barriers and things to make sure that they're not doing it? That's what you're looking for. And do they understand that porn is just a thing that uses and abuses women it it puts them in the wrong place and it makes a the wrong idea of what they should be and those are you know those are god's children that she is a daughter of christ and when we look at her in that way that's not okay does he understand that is there a part of porn that makes him sick to even think about and so i know it's kind of like a really hard way to <laughs> end what i'm talking about but it is like it's one of those things like it's a it's a deal breaker that nobody wants to talk about, but we have to talk about.
2: Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure.
1: Yay,
0: relationships.
2: <laughs> I was waiting for Julia because I feel like Sorry. I was talking
0: too much. <laughs> Sorry. I was, I was like, wait a <laughs> second, <I'm gonna laughs> I can. Edit. No, that was really great, Hal. Thank you so much. Literally, your relationship talks series, all that jazz, is like always incredible to hear because you are so truthful with everything, not only truthful, but like factual too, at the same time. And so I think it makes it very tangible and easy to, um, understand, especially for such difficult topics, such as like all of these things that we went over and covered. Um, so yeah, if you guys have not listened to the, um, exchange relationship series, you guys should, as well as this episode, um, you can find it on podbean and just type in the exchange and it's the love live series and the mixtape series pastor hal does them both incredibly um and sam and i have both listened to them yeah. i know multiple times so yeah
2: yeah absolutely we've loved having you on pastor hal we just Thank you so much for your wisdom that you're giving us and just even our audience to hear all of these things into one series. (laughs) So (laughs) we will definitely be making it a two-part series for you guys. And um, if you have any other um, questions or want to know more about Pastor Hal, we'll link some resources below um, just so we can all connect. So cool. Yeah.
0: Thank you guys so much for joining us and we will see you guys in the next episode. Bye guys.